today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Let that be an encouragement to you that no matter what you do, you will not, cannot thwart the plan that God has in the end. Try as you may, you will not. And it goes both ways, by the way. Neither can the evil plan of man prevail in the end, because God will have the final word in the end. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Sometimes we give ourselves way too much credit. We often think that we have a much bigger effect on life than we really do. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that as much as we do, we cannot disrupt the plan of God. We can walk in His will, and we can walk independent of God's will. But His will will prevail all the same. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired and Truth podcast or download the Inspired and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in the amazing book of Hebrews, and our text today is going to be chapter 11. Uh, we're going to begin in verse 20, and we're going to make it all the way through to verse 20. So I'll have you turn there, just one verse today. You'll see why here, I hope, shortly. Just follow along as I read the entirety of the passage today. Verse 20, Hebrews 11, the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. So I want to talk with you today about how it is that God will always have the final word in every situation in our lives, especially concerning this global crisis in which we find ourselves today. As one so aptly said it, God rules over all and overrules all. And that's what we're going to see here today. The writer of Hebrews is going to draw our attention to Isaac, who by faith blessed Jacob and Esau. Wait, I thought he gave the bless. We're going to talk about that. Well, wait a minute. He, He blessed both of them. Yeah. Concerning things to come. How did... What? Oh, God had the final word. Overruling Isaac when he pronounced this blessing on Jacob, thinking it was Esau. Nice try. And the only reason that I believe we have Isaac mentioned in what we affectionately refer to as the Hall of Faith here in Hebrews 11, is because God had the final say. And God overruled Isaac. 
And one of the things, and we'll talk about this more here in a moment, I really have an appreciation for Isaac, because he's, he's kind of like the whole middle child thing. It's always Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's kind of, he just gets skipped over. And There's only one verse, by the way, on Isaac. We had several verses when we last week talked about Abraham, but just one verse. Isaac by faith, and of all the things by faith he did, <laughs> God is certainly being gracious. He by faith blessed Jacob and Esau, because God overruled him, and ruled over him. And in the end, this is why we have him listed in our text today. Um, let that be an encouragement to you, that no matter what you do, you will not, cannot thwart the plan that God has in the end. Try as you may, you will not. And it goes both ways, by the way. Neither can the evil plan of man prevail in the end because God will have the final word in the end. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to expound on this in more detail, and in so doing, explain how it is, and even really why it is, that Isaac, by faith in the end, did this. But perhaps more importantly for us here today, how does this apply to our lives today. So in order to do that, we're going to need to first revisit the account in Genesis. It'll be germane to our understanding, to have a better understanding of how all of this went down. There are many details that I want to point out. We'll start with Rebecca conceiving fraternal twins and the prophetic word that God gave her concerning both of her sons, Jacob and Esau. So Genesis 25, if you would please join me. We'll begin reading in verse 21. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah his wife conceived, but the children struggled together within her, and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. That's always a good thing to do when things aren't quite right. Something's not quite right here. I think I'll inquire of the Lord. Good move. And verse 23, the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So, verse 24, when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy <laughs> garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand 
took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob, Yachob, heel snatcher. That's basically what it means. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, verse 27, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was, (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing, but he was a mild man dwelling in tents. What a contrast. You know how that is, parents? You look at your children, you're going, how can you be so different? And these are fraternal twins, and they are polar opposite. Esau's a rugged man, a hunter. And Jacob, well, he kind of liked watching cooking shows with his mom, I guess. I don't know. I'm sorry. And Isaac, verse 28, and here's where we start to begin to see where the problems come. Isaac loved Esau, played favorites, because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. We know Edom as modern day Jordan, by the way, as the Edomites. But, verse 31, Jacob said, sell me your birthright, because keep in mind, he was the firstborn. He was the one that would get the birthright, because he was firstborn, which, by the way, makes you wonder if Jacob's going, no, I'm the firstborn, tries to grab his heel to pull him back in so he could be born first. I mean, you know you've got issues when it starts in the womb. Just saying. So Esau technically has the birthright, but we have in our hip pockets prior a prophecy given to Rebekah and Isaac that there would be two nations, two boys, two peoples, one stronger than the other, yet the younger will be served by the older. So here is Esau, who's the older and the one that's entitled to the birthright. And Jacob seizes the opportunity to get a hold of that which he tried to do in the womb and get that birthright. So he says to Esau, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob, verse 34, gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. I'm just going to say this, but that is not a good deal to me. (laughs) And then we're told this, very interesting. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Well, that explains it. It was of no value to him. He despised it. He devalued it. And that's the reason why he would do this. Now, you have to understand that at this juncture, everything is going exactly according to God's plan. 
in fulfilling His prophetic word concerning both of these sons. In that culture, and it's this way to this day, the firstborn is the one to inherit the birthright. However, as we just read, Esau sold it, and he sold it because he despised it. Now, this is going to come into play next, as we'll see, when Isaac, who is now blind, older in years, is unable to see, gives Jacob the blessing of the birthright, thinking it's Esau. So we pick it up in chapter 27, beginning in verse 18. So he, speaking of Jacob, went to his father and said, now keep in mind, Isaac has just told Esau, hey son, the time has come, I need to now give you my blessing, so why don't you go out and hunt and bring me that venison, you know just the way I like it, and I will give you the blessing of the birthright. So off Esau goes, but mom heard that conversation. And she says, quick, Jacob, get over here. We can watch that cooking show later. We haven't, <laughs> we, I'm sorry, I know, it's, we have a problem. Because your brother is about to get your birthright. So I'm going to prepare the venison. I mean, I'm the one that taught Esau how to do it in the first place. So I'm going to make it the way I know dad likes it. And then you're going to go in while Esau's gone, and you're going to get the birthright and the blessing. And then <laughs> Jacob says, Mom, um, we have a problem because Esau's really hairy, and I'm not. I mean, he was able to grow a beard at like 12. It took me till like 19 before I could grow a beard. I mean, he was had so much hair. So mom says, no, no problem, I got that covered. We're going to take these uh, animal skins and I'm going to cover you with, with hair so that you'll smell like your brother. Ooh, I have to smell like my brother? Yeah, you'll smell like him, you'll feel like him, you won't look like him, but you don't need to look like him because dad can't see anyway. Deal? Deal. Okay. So we're told, verse 18, he went to his father and said, my father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But, verse 20, <laughs> Isaac said to his son, How is it? that you have found it so quickly, my son. And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Wow! <laughs> That's good. That's smooth. Isn't it? When you're lying, you know how it is when you lie? You got to keep lying because you lied. You're committed now. And you got to have a good memory too, to remember what the lie was, so that when you are questioned again, you can keep that lie alive. He's lying. And isn't it interesting that he couches it in such spiritual terms? Oh, it was the Lord. Oh, okay. Wow. 
So, verse 21, Isaac said to Jacob, he's, he's not convinced, he's questioning it, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Uh-oh. Okay. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, I want you to listen very carefully to this. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, verse 23, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Stop right there. Not so easily seen at first read, but he makes this decision based on the feelings he felt and not the word that he heard. Give me a moment here, bear with me. This is very important, and I think you know where I'm going with this, right? So he's not convinced. He's really questioning whether or not this is Esau or not. And when he has Jacob come up to him to feel him, he feels the hair and smells the smell, and it contradicts the voice he heard. And thus he made this decision based on his feelings, when his feelings contradicted the word he heard. Now do you see where I'm going with this? How many times do we make decisions based on the feelings we feel, when that goes against the word that we've heard? You know, you've probably heard it said, how can something that feels so good be so wrong? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> oh, we're, we're living by feelings now? We make life decisions based on our feelings. And what makes this so Hard, unless we be too hard on Isaac, let's be careful, because we do the exact same thing. What makes it so hard is it was diametrically opposed to the voice that he heard. How many times has God spoken to us in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, and we heard his voice, as the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and we know that's the Lord. The Lord is speaking to me, not audibly, doesn't need to be. The Lord speaks through His Word. It's the words of Christ, the Word of God. That's the number one way. And by the way, for those who, I just want to know if I'm in God's will, well, you have to know, and we're going to see this in a moment, that God wants you in His will more than even you yourself want to be in His will. Never imagine that God is in heaven playing a chess game with you, trying to keep you from figuring it out. Can you imagine? Quick, get down there. J.D. almost figured out my will. Mess it up. 
No, God wants us in His will more than we ourselves want to be in His will. And He will always create an environment that is conducive to us being in His will. He can't not. I know that's not correct sentence structure, but God cannot tempt us with evil. God will always choreograph the steps in, of our life and, the, and orchestrate the circumstances of our life so that it's conducive to us being in His will for our life. That's the nature and the character of God. But our problem is that we base it on feelings and we do err greatly when we do this based on feelings, especially when those feelings are in direct contradiction to the Word of God. Yeah, I know that's what God's Word says. I know the Bible says that, but, and we go against what we know the Word of God says. And we base it on feelings. Eh, maybe this is the Holy Spirit. Hope it is. If not, Lord, let it fall to the ground. Have you ever heard the expression, or even yourself said, God wants me happy, doesn't He? Um, yes and no. I know you're looking at me weird right now. It's like, wow, you're such a killjoy, Pastor. Yeah, God wants you happy, but the way you're going to get there is not the way that you think. See, God wants you holy. Doesn't God want me to be happy? I mean, doesn't God want me to feel happy? He wants you to be holy, because it's only when you're holy, as He is holy, that you're happy. A holy life is a happy life. How about this? An unholy life is an unhappy life. I know that's deeply profound, isn't it? But think about it. Holy, whole. Not half, not three quarters. You're whole, holy, fulfilled. And then you're happy. Happy is the result of holy. Show me a holy Christian, I'll show you a happy Christian. By the way, you know the word happy? You know where it originates? happenstance. In other words, when you say, well, I'm happy, well, that must mean that you've got a reason to be happy, because your happiness is predicated upon your circumstances. How's that working out for you, by the way? <laughs> if my happiness was contingent upon the circumstances in my life, I would be happy about maybe a minute and a half a day, if that, on a good day, I would say. But holiness is not predicated upon the circumstances in my life. I can still be holy regardless of what's happening. I can still be happy because of that holiness regardless of the circumstances in my life. And it's not just holiness and happiness, it's peace and joy. You know the difference between joy and happiness is that the joy of the Lord is not predicated upon what's going on in your life. You can have the joy of the Lord in the midst of, I mean, the trial of your life. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Oh.